Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. Look, BetOnline is back. It's better than ever. And a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season means more props, odds, and lines than ever before because BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. See what you're waiting for. Go on your mobile device right now and sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. That is only when you use promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive that bonus. Basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Only at BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. And happy holidays, everyone. It's time to have a good time, kick back, and look back at the last year of Chicago sports with what we're just calling a Christmas superlatives pod. We're going to be handing out some awards, putting people on a nice and naughty list. But first, let's bring in my guest for today. He's my main man, my tutty guy, David Raspoli. What's up, Dave? Joey, I'm filled with two things, Christmas joy and Chipotle, so we better make this quick. Wow, what's going to come out of him first, folks? Stick around and find out. <laughs> it's a race against time. Coming up, my other guest here. He hasn't been on the pod in a while. We've missed him so much. We're so happy to have him back on. He's my hoops honcho. He's also the bracketology creator himself. It's Mr. Mike Choi. What's up, Mike? What's going on, Joey? What's going on, Dave? Uh, I can't believe it's been a year since we did this last. Last time we did this, we were in the middle of a pandemic. The bears sucked. Wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> where where, where, right where am I? Where am I? This is a Xerox uh, copy of a previous pod. <laughs> That's right, everyone. It's the second annual Christmas superlative. We also did a Valentine's Day 2-1 as well last year. It's when we hand out all of our favorite awards for the Christmas season. But before we begin, uh, Mike, we're going to start with you on this first one. Uh, it's not on our list. I just want to kind of ask you guys, in a way, can you characterize how this Chicago sports season went it may be a word or maybe a few sentences. Obviously, the Chicago White Sox went to the playoffs. The Cubs cut their cubby core. The Blackhawks off the ice just had a completely embarrassing season. The Bears on the field had a completely embarrassing season. And the Chicago Bulls are super exciting, but currently aren't allowed to play basketball right now due to COVID. So, Mike, I, I'm going to throw the word frustrating out there. What word or fr- phrase would you throw out for the Chicago sports season this past year? Well, I'm going to borrow from Charles Dickens, who's actually going to be referenced later on in this pod when I say um, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, um, more more so the worst of times. But um, yeah, you know, just again, it sounds like a lot of things are on repeat. Uh, thankfully, it looks like at least one of our teams, the Bulls, are kind of starting to break out of the doldrums. But a lot of the same thing as we saw last year from, you know, across the board. Yeah, it still feels like we've talked about this before on the pod previously, is that the Chicago sports in general, I feel like, is in a bit of a transition, right? Where I think maybe about four or five years ago, you cut back to well, let's just go back to those 20, 12 and four Bears in twenty eighteen. That was kind of sort of the last gasp of this really great run where we saw a White a White Sox team win a World Series in what oh five, all the way through the Blackhawks starting to win some championships, D Rose on the Bulls, Cubs World Series. Bears, if it wasn't for a double doink, get to a Super Bowl. It was all kind of clicking for almost every single franchise in that 10-year gap, and now we've kind of moved off of that, and things have gotten a little weird. We're still struggling, I think, to find our feet. Dave, uh, you know, over this past year in Chicago sports, you know, how would you characterize this in one word or maybe a couple of sentences about how you feel? Familiar. <laughs> you know, 
This feels, I know this feeling, Joe. I, I know this uncertainty. Is this this uh, old track jacket, the old Bulls track jacket that you'd put on or the old, the old Yeah, it, if, if you were to look at my Bears text chains now and six, seven years ago, two years, doesn't matter, pick a year, a lot of the same things happening, right? Upset at, at, at our quarterback woes all year, upset at our coaching, upset at our front office. Uh, you know, definitely a fun year as a White Sox fan, um, but still the, uh, the outcome felt familiar, falling <laughs> short. Yeah, will our baseball teams spend money and uh, screaming at the top of the lungs to just fire people that are employed by the Bears? Uh, I think those are definitely things that are very, very, very similar. So let's dive right into it. We're going to hand out some awards, give out some most likely twos. Uh, cast some people into stuff right now. Let's just get it started. Uh, you know, I think a little bit on the track of where you're going with right now. We're going to start with the 2021 Chicago Sports Grinch. Uh, you know, who really just kind of uh, threw a wedge into our plans of hope and mo- hope and optimism that clearly have not happened since the last time we did this pod. Each of us are going to reveal our Grinches, and then we are going to break it up into an open forum. Dave, who is your 2021 Chicago Sports Grinch? How could it not be Matt Nagy? I also have. I'm also going to say Matt Nagy. Mr. Mike Choi, who is your 2021 Chicago Sports Grinch? Oh, for me, no doubt about it. It is Scotty Pippen. Oh, that's the a big Grinch one. of the year. Hold on. Let's start. Let's start with Scotty and we'll round it up with Nagy here. Um, Mike, go a little bit further. And I think, you know, maybe for some listeners that don't get a chance to listen to every piece of garbage that comes out of Scotty's mouth the last six months, try and catch us up a little bit on why he is your Grinch. Well, let's start with the fact that here's a guy who knows how to just continue crapping on his own legacy, right? First, you know, he's an awful tipper. And then obviously he set out uh, the crucial, uh, a pivotal playoff game against the Knicks sitting out that final couple of seconds that Tony Kukoc actually came through with. Um, And now, because, uh, you know, I guess he needs to sell a few more copies of of a brand new book. Um, he's he's gone on a bashing campaign on Michael Jordan. He's calling Phil Jackson a racist for that moment where he didn't get that last shot against the Knicks. Um, you know, this guy is like, I mean, one of his uh, um, one of his main arguments against the last dance was the fact that like it's centered too much around Michael Jordan, and it's kind of like. Um, who did you think the last stance was going to center around? Who did you think one of the executive producers was? BJ Armstrong. Think, yeah, right. <laughs> Who did you think um, had to green light this project to happen when it was sitting in the can for like, what, 20 years almost? So, I mean, there's a little bit of naivety with this guy, but more so it's just like, why, why, I mean, it, is it simply because he wants to sell more books, you guys? Or is it really like, does he really have like this just gnawing crux to like just shit on everything that was so amazing about our youth? It is a larger conversation about, I do think sometimes when it comes to stuff like this, whether Scotty really thinks, you know, because we live in such a cycle of news now where you can really kind of sort of say anything. And within 48 to 72 hours, we're on to something else. And we kind of look back and we go, oh, yeah, that that thing was said. It's not really that big of a deal anymore. And it almost sort of feels like Scotty's banking on that to live in the zeitgeist of the now to sell books. The only problem is the three of us sitting here and many Bulls fans that are listening to this right now will never forget this. Like of anyone to mess with Chicagoans, you know, we're, we're kind of like elephants, right? We really don't forget 
And then that lack of forgetting really bleeds into other aspects of our lives later on, like ugh, cough, cough, our franchise quarterback for the Chicago Bears. You know, we never forget the pain that we've gone through. And it's just a huge, weird miscalculation. And let's be honest, Scotty's been making miscalculations pretty much on the regular for the last 25 years. It's just kind of sad that it's at this point. Dave, weigh in on this. And also, you know, honestly, objectively, how do you remember Scotty Pippen in the 90s on the Bulls? Like, how do you remember him and reflect on his career? As the best number two in all of sports. Thank in any you. any sport good, ever, right? ever imaginable. Yeah, there, there is no better. No, like, when you think of a number two, like, you know, the Robin to Batman, like, there's no better than Scotty Pippen. I just think it's wild that we're living in a time now where – he's he's like out dicked Michael Jordan. Like he could be in the same room as Michael <laughs> Jordan. And you're like, who's the biggest dick in this room? It's Scotty Pippen. Like that's wild. Like he found a way to like, he wants like that title. Like he's like, he's like, I got to be Jordan at everything. Even like sucking as a human being, you know? Yeah. Wow. I, and, and the funny part about it is I remember the year when Jordan retired and Scotty was the lead dog on the bulls. And he had a fantastic season. I mean, that was the thing about it that I I wish he would probably bring up a little bit more. He was MVP of the All-Star game that year, right? He was taking his team when everyone thought without Jordan they weren't going to be able to do jack shit. He took them all the way down, and if it wasn't for a Hugh Hollins call, you know, whatever, on Herbert Davis when it was a game six, they probably would have gone to an NBA Finals and maybe could have won a title without Jordan. So, I mean, on the court stuff, the credibility is already there. And do we really want to get into some of – the things about how in the final two titles, Scotty really wasn't very healthy. And it was kind of a little bit more about like the bench mob and Ku coach and Jordan trying to just sort of piece it together. And Scotty just kind of, you know, sacking up and playing defense and making it happen with those final two titles. It just doesn't make any sense for me. Um, Mike, you know, weigh in a little bit as a Chicago sports fan. I mean, we're talking about it now. We're upset. Is this going to stay with you for a while? I think a little bit, only because of the fact that, like, hey, regardless of what you think of Michael Jordan, what kind of crappy teammate he was, his mind games that he played, the enemies that he made, and so forth, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but there was never once that Michael Jordan didn't say, I wouldn't have won these championships without Scottie Pippen. He made it very pointed to always, always include Scottie in terms of saying none of this would have happened without Scottie. So it, it's not this situation where, like, Michael was like, I did this all on my own. And so that also is kind of like, you know, the, the guy who kind of, you know, is the number one, the alpha is saying like, he couldn't have done it without you. So it's never like, it, it, I mean, Jordan was never dissing Scotty in my, like, I don't ever recall a moment Jordan to Scotty like this to, to, to cause this kind of reaction back towards Jordan. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it does, you know, it does tarnish his legacy a little bit for me, but to your guys is point, like with the 24 hour news cycle, It'll probably be something that's forgotten about in six months' time. But as of right now, I'm like, just like, man, Scotty, shut your mouth. Yeah, I mean, it was on record. Jordan said that I wouldn't play for anyone but Phil Jackson. And he also said if Scotty wasn't involved, he didn't want to be involved either. You know, that was a package deal just the same way Phil was. And, you know, time will tell, right? You know, I mean, the no tip and pippin, that's never going away, <laughs> right? So it's very fair to say that this could also maybe tarnish his legacy in some sort of stretch. Or honestly, like in a weird way, Dave, like you brought up a good point of he was the greatest number two of all time. And honestly, we say that with great reverence, right? That's not a backhanded thing at all. But I do wonder if moving forward now, 
we do take him down that peg a little bit more of like, well, you know, he really was just the number two. And it was it's not the Jordan Pippen tandem as much as we want to, you know, believe it was, you know, moving forward after what he said. Dave, hop in. Well, even doing a little research for this show, Joey, you know, I, I ended up Googling a lot of stuff to, to find stuff. And a lot of old sports articles came up, Chicago sports articles. And one of the ones that came up was was the best Chico- the best Chicago uh, like sports stars of all time, like any sport. And number one is Jordan. Number two was Pippen. Yeah. Like, just like, just, you know what I mean? Like not his number two, not of that bulls team, not of basketball. Like if you were to think of like the top Chicago athletes of all time, Pippen's probably number two on that list of all time. And that, and that is, you know, said with love and, and revere of like, th- this is this, if, if he went to any other team, you know, he'd be a star. He, he'd be their number one on question, but it's like to make a team, someone has to be that number two. You know what I mean? Like John and Paul can't sing on every track, you know, sometimes McCartney has got to be up front. Sometimes it's Lennon and you need Ringo to hold it down. And you need a George Harrison. Like you need, you need them all or they're not the Beatles. And without Pippen, it's not the Bulls. Yeah, I agree with you. And I know that he wasn't really happy with some of the ways that the last dance was cut and this, that, the other. But you know what? When you're on camera, don't say I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fuck my summer up, uh, rehabbing a foot injury. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like it's on the tape. It's on the tape, my man. Uh, before we get out of here, one more Grinch, Dave. We don't have to belabor this very much, but Matt Nagy, this is pretty obvious. He came back. I've said it many times on the pod. He came back for the encore that nobody wanted. Uh, you know what I mean? To play the Sister Hazel song one more time, and everyone's just, please, God, no. Uh, just weighing on Matt Nagy being a Grinch. It's not like you had high hopes for this season, right? But clearly the optimism for Justin Fields has been muddled a little bit, no? I just tried to think of what a Grinch is, Joey. A Grinch is someone who steals fun, okay? Matt Nagy even stole his own fun. You know, he was first having half, so much first, fun. First he's, half, he's he's having so much fun. Second half, no more fun anymore. You know, quick, quick question for both of you guys: Do you honestly think Matt Nagy knows what a halftime adjustment is? Because I don't. I literally think he does not know what that means. He he stole all the fun, Joey. Even Allen Robinson, the most sure-handed wide receiver in the history of the Bears, was like, "I don't want to catch anymore. <laughs> I, I want out." I don't want to do this, okay? And also, a true villain never fesses up to the crime he committed. And Matt Nagy, every press conference I watch, he refuses to take responsibility, and it drives me crazy, Joe. Well, and the unfortunate part, too, is that he sees the writing on the wall. So, yeah, it's a big cover-your-ass thing, right, of just making sure that he puts himself in the best position that he possibly can to maybe like land some sort of quarterback's coordinator job I don't think he's getting an OC job. I don't think he's getting a head coaching job anytime soon. I actually think he'd be a great college coach, to be honest with you. If you were looking somewhere to probably build up some sort of program, I think he'd be an excellent college coach, but I'm right there with you. And, uh, yeah, Dave, hop back in. I was going to say, to throw out one alt, since we both had the same ones, underneath, in bold and red letters, I have Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) You want to talk about a Grinch stealing Chicago's fun? Okay. Are, can we curse on here? Yes, can you can. Here? Okay, she fuck can. that guy. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> fuck that guy, Joey. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it'd be like if the Grinch came down and like stole your Christmas. Yeah, I mean, and ate your roast beast. 
and, and then, it was like, I own Christmas. And then, and then yeah. woke you up while you're sleeping. <laughs> woke you up yeah. while you're sleeping. And then just like spit in your mouth and then, and then, and then left with the presents. Um, those are pretty good, guys. Those are pretty good. Let's move it over to the positive side. I want to get your 2021 Chicago sports Santa Claus. Uh, Dave, you're going to go first, then Mike, and then I'm going to reveal mine. So who's your 2021 Chicago sports Santa Claus? Same answer as last time. Tony La Russa. <laughs> Back. what is it the uh what is it the rosy cheeks is it the uh the age is it just the age comps hey he he gave us something that we have not experienced as white Sox fans or sorry have only experienced i should say 11 times in 117 seasons a playoff berth okay that's true and i i, I gotta give it to him and not to mention Pulling his sled, all of those amazing reindeers. On Jose, on Gio, <laughs> on Grandal, on Mancada, on Garcia, on Rodon. On Mercedes. <laughs> on Pantera. And of course, led by Timmy, the red hot bat reindeer. I like that. I like that call a lot. I, I, I'm going to get to Mike in just a second. The Also, the only other guy, too, that um, his still his only form of communication is if you write him a letter. It's the only way that you can. It's the only way that you can still. Doesn't have a phone, so yeah. Oh no, no, no phone coming, Mike. Who's your 2021 Santa Claus? Well, I'm going to start with being a little snarky and say Demar Rosen because uh, he apparently gave the Chicago Bulls COVID. Every single one of them, right? <laughs> so, um, but we all know those Kobe White first. With the sh- <laughs> I'm going to stick with uh, uh, the Bulls and say Arturs Karnasovas. I mean. Think about the turnaround he has done, uh, not only with the Bulls, but in Chicago, right? Because as of right now, unfortunately, the Bulls are really, you know, on top of the White Sox, um, are the only teams that really are giving us any hope for, you know, something bigger. And uh, he's been the man responsible for that. I mean, I I know the season's early, and I know now we're dealing with a little bit of a COVID outbreak. But, I mean, the turnaround has been nothing short of spectacular. I mean, it really has. And, and, you know, know, we talk about all the teams in Chicago that – you know, you mentioned right on the top, Joy, about like, just, it's been so long since just having hope. Like, I'm, I don't even care about, I mean, I do care about championships, obviously, and getting to that point and being a championship caliber team, but just to give us hope that that's possible, we have that hope now, you know, in uh, Chicago Stadium. So uh, yeah, he's, he's Santa Claus for me all the way. Mike, is it fair to say on a follow-up that, you know, if Karnaschovas is the Santa in this scenario that you wrote a Christmas list, is it one of those Christmases where like, you open up all your presents and they aren't exactly what you wanted. Like it's not exactly the the video game that you wanted. It's like a version of it. So maybe like instead of like uh, you know, Madden football, you got like Troy Aikman football instead, and you're like, Okay, that's a little different. Or maybe you got like the sweater that you didn't really like. But now that you're like wearing the sweater and playing the game, you're getting all these compliments, you look look you look really good, you know what I mean? Because I think a lot of people heading in the year, you mentioned DeRozan were like you know, that's so much money, and is he any good? But, you know, the fit is really perfect, and it seemed like the dude knew what he was talking about. Exactly. I mean, you know, I would have been the first to say that that, you know, was a little uh, overpriced for that contract that we gave to Rosen, but as it turns out, every penny was worth it. Um, I wasn't necessarily a big fan of the Alex Caruso signing, but good God, like, he is – I think he's still leading the league in steals, and, I mean, he's he's a major contributor. Um 
you know, I, I you know, wasn't necessarily a huge fan of uh, Lonzo Ball like everyone else was. But again, everything works because again, you know, Dave, you mentioned the Beatles, right? It's like how the sum is greater than the individual parts. And when you look at any of the individual parts, you're like, yeah, that's, 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 you know, quality and solid, but like as a whole, this team is, I mean, I can't believe how quick we have to, Patrick Williams was the third most tenured bull going into this season. That's how new this roster is. And the fact that they have at least at this point looked like they've gelled pretty well, given when they have the full roster. I mean, it's again, it's amazing. It's amazing. The turnaround that we're seeing. That's a great point. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, off the Beatles point. I don't know if you guys have been watching, but the, the, through the pandemic, there's this there's this YouTube series. Not 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 the Get Back. Uh, there's a YouTube series uh, of cover songs played by like an amalgamation of people from different bands, and it's always different people every time, and it's different songs every time. And sometimes you're like, wait, is that that's the guitarist from uh, Queens of the Stone Age with the drummer? For, and you're like, how is this gonna work? And then you're like, this is a great cover. That's what I feel like the current Bulls are. If 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 the Dynasty Bulls are the Beatles, this is like some weird super group who on paper everyone's like, this isn't gonna sound good. This this is this guy's washed, you know. And then all of a sudden you listen and you're like, they kind of put out some bangers, you know. This this kind of slaps. I I really like this band, and they're all playing at their best, you yeah. know. Like they they they've like they, they were better than you thought they would at their instruments. No, and they're all like super. They're all kind of like guys on shitty teams too that are now all coming together to be like, let's be a good team together. And they're also loving true. it. And Mike, you, you brought up a really great point where maybe it is what makes Karnasovas the Santa Claus is that I know I wished for a brand new Bulls team. And what did he do? He basically replaced, you know, 85% of last year's team with now only, as you mentioned, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and Pat and Zach Levine, right? Are the only remaining Bulls still on, on yep. That, yep. that roster. Uh, my, my 2021 Chicago Sports Santa Claus. I'm I'm going Jose Abreu uh, on this one. The gift that keeps on giving uh, every year, like clockwork, right? Uh, get out your Santa app, and you can make sure that you check him throughout the midnight sky. The same way that you can count on Jose Abreu to knock in 30 home runs and 120 RBIs. Um, I will throw this out there, and it's a little, it's a larger conversation. But you know, Dave, I want you to react to it. Is it fair to say, in my opinion? that next year is perhaps maybe the most important year in this White Sox rebuild and or franchise of the last 25 to 30 years because I'm just kind of looking at it and how many more prime years do we have of Jose Abreu? And if we are going to win this World Series, you better damn believe that Jose Abreu is going to be a middle-of-the-order guy. I mean, am I on to something that we have such a young team and the window is wide open, but you got to make this happen while Jose Abreu is still at the top of his game, right? Yeah, that, that, that's our leader. You know, that's, that's the guy that's, that's the guy that like it all forms around, you know what I mean? And, and God, I have such a soft spot in my heart for that guy. I just love that guy. And yeah, but you, you said it, Joe, we, I, I thought it was last year, you know, that, that was like our time. Um, I'm hoping that we can build off that, you know, I'm hoping in this year two of Tony La Russa, we could build off it. Um, but yeah, I, I really do think it, 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 it's going to kind of rely on him, uh, health of other players, <laughs> Eloy, some other people, uh, you know, and, and, and we'll see, man. Yeah. Mike, are you, are you kind of buying what I'm selling a little bit? How long do you think Jose Abreu's true prime is left? Like, I think he can play another three, four five years, but at what kind of level? 
Well, you know, he's Cuban, so he's probably actually 45. Um, so the fact that he's still doing it is probably means he's probably going to still do it for, for a while now. No, um, I, I, you know, I'd be happy to get two, maybe three years of what he's at right now. I think that's fair to expect. And I think it would be uh, unfair to expect more past that. So I think we have that little window. But, you know, Dave, you mentioned uh, La Russa earlier. And, and I think between La Russa and Abreu, what's really underrated about how good this team was this year, they only played with their starting day lineup this season because of a massive amount of injuries throughout the year. I think maybe 30 games, 40 games, if that, from that potent offense and still being able to then go to the playoffs, testament to LaRusso and then to, testament to Brayu to kind of hold that together. Because, yeah, man, like there were times that Eloy was out. There was times that, um, oh God, why can't I remember the center fielder's name? Help me, help me out oh, here, guys. Robert. Luis Robert, right? The catcher was out. Every Grandal was out. Yeah. You know, Madrigal got hurt uh, before he got traded and so forth. So the fact that they accomplished what they did this year on the field was in large part due to Tim Anderson and Abreu and then off the, uh, off the field, you know, La Russa. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Joy, because I, I was looking at some of their stats, you know, just, just trying to get a lay of the land again, do a, do a, uh, a revisit of, of the season. And there's like, 15 players with a hundred at bats for the white Sox. Like you're just like, Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh yeah. I forgot. Oh my God. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Like it's, it's wild. The, the, the uh, amount of players we, we ended up starting for a good amount of games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you're mean Mercedes, you know, was the first leg of a, of a, a six leg tour of a season. Jake Berger comes up, Gavin sheets, all these different guys had to show up and do different stuff at different times. And, I'm with both you guys. Jose Abreu, he's the linchpin. And honestly, if we want to win the World Series, you got to do it while he is still on the top of his game, and that's what I'm hoping for. Next category, I want to do a fun one here. Most likely to eat the yellow snow. Now, this is a Chicago sports athlete that, you know, if you keep you don't keep your eye on him long enough, you look over, you may be getting a handful of that yellow snow. Uh, Dave and Mike, uh, reveal your choices. Dave, go first. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. Cassius Marsh. <laughs> Cassius Marsh and Mike, what yeah. is your most likely? <laughs> well, it's, it's, no. you, you, you brought him up. It's your main Mercedes for me. <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, Aloy. Yeah. I said Aloy. yeah. <laughs> so wait, let's go. Uh, let's go in order here. Uh, Dave, Dave, uh, Cassius Marsh. Uh, he's, he's, he's getting that yellow drink, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, for, for a lot of your listeners that are probably going, who? Uh, uh, he's the guy who looks like machine gun Kelly's like weird stepbrother who plays on the bears. He's a linebacker who, uh, famously got the, uh, taunting call for, oh, for the God. ref bumping into him. We'll get there. Let's just say we'll get there. Oh. Uh, but this, he just doesn't strike me as a guy who is the sharpest knife in the drawer, Joey, you know, are you saying, uh, uh, are you saying he's a push the door guy when it says pull right on the door kind of guy? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, I could see him and Cole Beasley being like best buds. That's all I'll say. Uh, Mike, uh, you feeling good about the, the Cassius Marsh and also uh, dive into your mean Mercedes. Why is he the most likely to eat the yellow snow uh, of Chicago sports athlete? <laughs> Well, I'll say about Marsh, man, that guy is a future as an action star if there ever was one, right? He's got just like the sleeve of tattoos and, and he's got the roundhouse kick down, right? He's got that roundhouse kick down. Um, Prison break reboot. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But for me, it's your main because, you know, we talk about a guy who 
he lit the baseball world on fire in the beginning of the season, right? What what was that like? Was it like 11 consecutive hits in a row? Something like that, give or take, right? So, I mean, it was just like phenomenal. The guy couldn't make an out um, and then get set down in the minors. And then, you know, this whole, you know, as we learned, he maybe is not the most stable guy saying he's going to retire on Twitter and then coming out of retirement a couple of days later and so forth. So if there was a guy who might be a little bit off his rocker and seeing a little bit of yellow cylinder, I might take a taste of that. Uh, it's It's Mercedes for me. Yeah, I mean, I, we're, we're walking on the same path. We're down at uh, 35th Street right now. I went to Loy just because, you know, I was watching the movie Tommy Boy last night, and he is, like, basically a major league version of Tommy Boy. Like, don't tell him to get hurt. He's going to run through a wall. Stay out of the net, Eloy. He's going to get caught in the net. Like, it's pretty much it's pretty much the, the hot stove method there with, uh, with Eloy. And you know what? There's a couple other guys, too. You know, we already mentioned Matt Nagy. I think Matt Nagy's definitely on that list, too, as well. I think Jake Arrieta. Is very much uh, on that list too, as well for his uh, his off the field thoughts, as well as his uh, off the field thoughts about his on the field performance too, as well. But your me Mercedes, I mean, my only thing about it, Mike, is that do you have is there a sadness to him because we like we've been talking a little bit earlier about Scotty and just how we disseminate news now and the cycle of news and everything. Do you feel like your mean? is like that as a personality or do you feel like because he got a little publicity, he was like, I need to cash in on this as quick as I can and go as hard into the, 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 the your mean persona as possible. And it just backfired on him. Well, that's a, that's a greater question that I actually had about Maggie is this idea that like, how do people cope with instant success? And I mean, I guess it's not instant necessarily for Mercedes because he was kind of traveling around the minor leagues for a while. But, you know, when we talk about Nagy is the worst thing that could have ever happened. I mean, in the moment, it was amazing. But was that first year under Nagy, like one of the worst things that could have ever happened to him as a coach? Because to some degree, it, it sets up unreasonable expectations. And at some point when you have unreasonable expectations, you're going to fall from grace. I mean, that's just that's just the nature of life, right? Unfortunately, you can't maintain that high level of excellence. Um, so, I, you know, for him, I, I know, you know, again, let's not make any jokes about mental health at all. But I, I think more so for me, he just always struck me as like, a guy who was kind of fiery, right? He was the guy who, you know, did the, uh, you know, got, got La Russa to get on his back about like, you know, these hidden rules of the game when he hit a homer, when it was like, what, what was it? He was swinging for the fences when they were up, whatever. And to me, I had no problem with that, but it's just the idea that like, it was a little bit about me. And to your point, Joey, I think when you get kind of that instant success, especially in his case, after floundering for a while beforehand, you, it's going to get to your head. It's going to go to your head. Yeah, it just kind of felt like, you know, you hear the story of him being in the minors for years and years, and he finally gets to the big show, and all of a sudden now he's in, in an ESPN article. Sometimes you're just going to feel like, you know, maybe this is my moment to cash in and just ride the wave a little bit, and whatever I can get out of endorsements or exposure or anything like that, I just have to, I have to go for it, even if it steps outside of my own personality. And eventually, obviously, the production side and the way that he kind of presented himself sort of backfired and he wasn't able to make it back up there dave i, I do want to ask you because you mentioned the naggy thing uh mike real quick dave i want to get your perspective on this because there seems to be like two schools of thought on matt naggy and mike just presented one of them the first one is he had such an amazing first season as a bears head coach that through his own arrogance or maybe false confidence he came back the next year and was like you know we'll wait till they see what i got next offense 2.0 you know I, my system works my system works no matter what happens i'm going to keep doing that 
The other school of thought is that if you kind of look at the numbers a little bit after the first six, seven weeks of that season in 2018, our offense kind of fell off the map a little bit. And he kind of got figured out a little bit quicker than people want to maybe, you know, I don't want to say give credit to the opposition for, but probably isn't really in the storyline as much as other believe. What do you think kind of happened with Nagy between that year one and year two? Did it run out of, did he run out of magic dust or did arrogance kind of maybe uh, eventually doomed him in? I think it's a little from column a, a little from column B. And if I would throw out a column C, Joey, I feel like this is happening more and more in the NFL is I want to get you guys' take on this is coaches seem to be not as, as crucial as the players are. And there's a lot of coaches who we think are great coaches. And then when they don't have those players, all of a sudden we look at them and go, mm, something's happening here. Like Pete Carroll comes to mind as a guy who's like, you know, without Russ, we're like, was it Russ or was it Pete? Cause we all talked about Pete. I'm worried that that might be the case with Sean Payton. Um, you know, Matt Nagy, there hasn't been any successful people from the Andy Reid coaching tree other than Andy Reid. There hasn't been anyone successful from the Shanahan coaching tree besides Shanahan Sr. His son, if you look at his winning record, it is not nearly the same. And that was the big thing with Nagy, right? It was like, yes, he's from the Chiefs. He's going to install the Chiefs offense. We're all about Trey Burton, man. That first year, we're like, he's going to be the next Travis Kelsey. And honestly, I just... I just think he's not hes not a good offensive mind. He's not Andy Reid. He's not that guy. We had a year where we just had the right mojo, the right players, the right kind of feel was happening. And then now we've seen who Nagy is as a coach, as an offensive mind, as a leader. Yeah, and, and, and Mike, uh, I'll throw this to, to you like this. I'm a big players make plays guy. I am not a plays make players guy. And I think, Dave, that's what you're saying there. Mike, where do you land on that? Well, also, the thing that I keep thinking about is that there is this myth that was created about Matt Nagy that didn't really exist. It's not part of the actual narrative. He was only the actual OC for KC for, I think, about five games. And then they immediately lost, lost that first-round playoff game. And this is with Alex Smith. They blew it. They blew it in that second half. Too. Yeah. And so I think indirectly, because now, right, it's this revisionist history. We think of Patrick Mahomes when we think of the Kansas City Chiefs. He didn't coach Patrick Mahomes on the field. So he wasn't even a part of that success. But I think for some reason we tie in that narrative that, like, oh, he was there when Patrick Mahomes was a rookie. So, you know, he was part of that eventual outcoming, you know, of Patrick Mahomes, which isn't the case. And Dave, you mentioned it earlier about making adjustments. People make, you know, teams make season long adjustments as well. And he's not able to make that as well. Cause you know, we, we talk about Casey, we see that teams have adjusted a little bit to Patrick Mahomes. Now we see that teams have adjusted to, you know, um, God, I'm being terrible with names of the quarterback in Baltimore. Uh, you know, people, Jackson. Lamar Jackson, people have made those adjustments to get that. Now it's the turn for the offense to then make adjustments to those defenses, right? So it's, Dave, to your point, it's about adjustments, whether it's in the game or season long. And he's, he's, he hasn't proven to be able to do either. Yeah. And, and honestly, I know a lot of people in the offseason are going to talk about what kind of coach we want for the Chicago Bears, offensive, defensive system, whatever, what's best for Justin Fields. And we're kind of hitting on something that I want is I want a dude that can adjust. I don't want someone that just runs West Coast or just does this or just does that. I want someone 
that can do a little bit of everything. And and Dave, I hear what you're saying about Sean Payton right now. My only thing about that is that clearly he doesn't have Drew Brees anymore. Now look, are they the the class of the NFC South right now? No, but they're still kind of in the playoff hunt. They've had Jameis went down with the torn ACL. They're clearly playing a different brand of football than they were with Drew Brees. And I just think that kind of says something, that he's able to kind of attempt to win in different ways and he isn't so locked in and you know i think that's why josh mcdaniels all of a sudden is getting buzz again about maybe being a head coach is that he's just showing that you can win in a bunch of different ways and as we've seen in the nfl and in fantasy football these seasons are different man that first month of september was wild and high scoring and super close and everything going back and forth and then there was about a month where quarterbacks didn't really play very well and things got kind of weird and it became a running back heavy league and now I think it's kind of moving a little bit more towards whose bread and butter does what and what way and what works best so these things just keep moving all the time it isn't just a jet sweep and a Santa sleigh every single week you know Matt Nagy that's going to get it done moving forward so I mean that's what I think is going to be most interesting heading into the offseason about the Bears I just want someone that can be versatile and someone that we can trust Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Lightbox. I got news for everybody. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Listing cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a very light price. Only $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in plush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price so they won't have to they really do make any outfit sparkle so visit lightboxjewelry.com right now to add sparkle to your holiday shopping that's lightboxjewelry.com lightbox diamonds never a dull moment now back to the pod uh let's move over to the big boys here we're gonna get the naughty and nice list going let's start with the nice list i like it we're gonna we each pick three chicago sports nice list people to throw on there we're each gonna reveal our three and then we're gonna break it up and try and hit a little bit of each of them michael first give me your three chicago sports nice list who who made it this year well these are all a little bit unorthodox but i'm gonna go number one the Benito. chicago sky oh cool <laughs> oh that's sky. a great call yeah, yeah, yeah. i love that um, number two, as a kind of harking to the greater days of Chicago Bears uh, football because of the fact that hopefully he's going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame this year, Devin Hester. Yes. And then, you know, again, we kind of talked about him earlier, but uh, I mean, DeMar DeRozan has been just lights out for the Bulls. So he's definitely on my nice list. Yeah, absolutely. And quickly, quickly moved himself into Chicago fandom as one of probably the more uh, the more favorite athletes that we probably have going on in the city right now. Dave, who are your three? Who did you put on the nice list in Chicago sports for 2021? Well, it's just because it's on my mind, Joe. I'm just in a Bears mindset. So I made my naughty and nice list specifically bear driven. Yes. So nice list. Justin Fields, number one. He's definitely on there. Number two, speaking of Devin Hester, uh, Jakeem Grant. Yeah. Exciting. <laughs> Got wheels. I like 20, it. 21.3 miles per hour. He's the shiny new bike on Christmas morning. Yeah. And, and, and much, and Hey, talk about guys who we thought might be washed and have really turned it around. Robert Quinn mm -hmm. leading our team in sacks has become our defensive linchpin really it's yeah wild to say and in theory i know it seems prohibitive because of the contract uh he's had such a great season he can in theory be traded in the offseason right if we want to recoup some kind of capital and some team thinks hey we're just a piece away 
from winning a Super Bowl. Now, all of a sudden, that contract's gotten a little more tradable. Uh, the three people that I'm putting on my nice list, a couple, a couple of them we've already heard of before. Uh, Karnaschovas is definitely on my nice list this year. We've already covered him a little bit. Um, I'm throwing Rick Hahn on there just because I think after a long road of four, five, six years, I think finally he's put together a team that I think we can be really proud of on the south side. And honestly, he's done it in a weird way where Kenny Williams is still involved in the organization, right? which you think would maybe be awkward, but everyone believes this is Rick Hahn's team. And the second that he took over, he made some swift, swift changes that obviously we wish the Bears would make and got it turned around. It was painful for a little while, but now we're seeing the fruits of that labor, and I'm super happy about that. My third one is Alex Caruso, baby. Um, what can I say? What can I say? I mean, Mike, are you with me on this? And, and Dave, I mean, we all live out here in California, and it's a rainy California day, but it's usually very sunny. These Lakers fans for years would tell these jokes about Caruso. Like, why don't they play Caruso more? Caruso's just as good as LeBron. Caruso needs to play in the fourth quarter. And you felt like it was a joke, right? And you're like, okay, kind of a YMCA gym rat looking dude. Um, you know, you play him in 2K. He's not very good. What is the deal with this? And then, Mike, you're going to go first. Attest to this. Alex Caruso, the myth, the tall tale of him is everything and more. The dude has his hands on every every person every time a guy drives down in the lane he's got a hand in on it he does back deflections he makes the right plays he takes charges he hits big buckets he has steals he's dying on the diving on the floor like he doesn't need hair in his body cuz he's got floor burns everywhere i love alex caruso mike am i right it, it's so weird it's everything that i thought it would be and more listen anybody who knows me knows that i despise the lakers so by association, I despise Alex Caruso for a long while because let, let's let's just let's admit it. He he kind of has a punchable face. He's that guy that like if oh, he's, he's not incredibly on, punchable. Yeah, if he's not on your team, you just you loathe a guy like that. Um, so even when he was on the Bulls and starting to do well, I still had my you know I just had this like oh I still can't stand this guy because he was a Laker. Um, but I'm slowly coming aboard the Alex Caruso train because I mean you know to your point, Joey, he he kind of reminds me. I mean, there's a little bit of Dennis Rodman in him. There's a little bit of Rodman, you know, Ocioni, uh, Ron Arquette. There's a little bit of Noah in yeah, him. Yeah, all I the mean, gritty bull, all the gritty like players that Bulls fans loved for years. He does a lot of that stuff. You're right. Yeah, and it's just that, like, man, I, he still has a punchable face, but man, he's doing all the things that don't get, you know, necessarily uh, tallied in, like, you know, any kind of whether it's scoring or any of these other things, but just these hustle points, right? If they could quantify hustle points, he would be leading the league in that as well. Yeah, I, I'm just super excited. Uh, I, I've never been so excited for a guy that averages like 6.6 .6 points a game. Honestly, and when he comes in, I'm like super jacked. And, you know, we do the thing where we chant MVP when he's shooting free throws. And that's in the past. I feel that to be very cheap and gimmicky and strange. And it sort of makes a fan base feel out of touch at times when they do that. And I don't really like it when they do it with Caruso, but it is sort of kind of deserved. It is some sort of way of a fan to let another player or athlete know that they appreciate them. And he, and he deserves it, man. And I'm super excited that he's on the Bulls. Dave, um, hop in on Justin Fields real quick. Look, this is a long conversation. He's on your nice list right now. Can you give him a grade for, like, you know, based on from the moment he was drafted, from what you knew about him in college, through training camp, through getting his first start to where he is now, pairing that with the hopes and dreams of your entire Chicago Bear fandom tied to this guy, hopefully the next five to ten years, how would you grade his rookie season? 
I mean, that's that's tough. Uh, what am I grading him on? I'm just going to give him a B. Yeah. Uh, I, I want him to pass. I think I, I want him to feel good. Okay. I'm going to like an 80, 84 than an 86 though. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It's on the lower side. You know, um, I don't want to hurt his confidence. Look, I said this when he was, when we drafted him and, and I stand by this, the kid is special. We have our franchise quarterback. Everyone can calm down. We have gotten real spoiled with the Andrew Lux, the Joe Burrows, the people coming right out of the gate, their first season and really looking, look around the league right now. Look at Trevor Lawrence leading the league in interceptions has more interceptions and touchdowns over his last four games. Look at Zach Wilson. He's a punchline right now in New York. Those were the top two guys. Mac Jones looks good. Yes. It was the perfect system for him. He, he had the perfect trajectory of the season of like starting, getting the off season, having the coaching, everything's there for him already set up. The Tom Brady system was there. Justin Fields has had the worst scenario you could possibly imagine for a rookie quarterback in every sense of the word. Like he, the, the system, the coach, the, the, the starting, not starting. Like we saw what that did to Tua. Like we, we made Tua this guy. And even Tua now, we're starting to see shades of the guy that we thought he was because it takes time, folks. It takes a lot of time. And Justin Fields was raw looking in college, but he has the intangibles that no quarterback the Chicago Bulls have ever had has. And he has the combo of what you need to be a successful quarterback in 2021, 2022, looking forward in, in his wheels as well, Joey. I think there's a lot of moments where we go, this kid is special. He needs some coaching. He needs some mechanic things. He needs, he needs, maybe, maybe it's a champagne. I don't know who it is, but he needs something. He needs more pieces around him. He's been throwing to Demir Bird and Marquise Goodwin. And, and who's that other tight end? That was his favorite target. Jesse James, the ghost of Jesse. Like, I mean, this poor guy, like that and the injuries, you know, like, I do think he needs, he needs to know who his o-line is I, we can't totally blame the o-line he's holding the ball very long in the nfl but all, all i'm saying is give him a b pass him move on to next year give him a full off season surround him with pieces continue to draft o-line and in two three years we're going to run the division folks we're gonna do it mark my words greener pastures Oh, good call on the nice list. Yeah, he's actually said in many, many situations, uh, he's been quoted as saying his favorite receiver on the team is Jesse James. So I just oh God. let the message, uh, <laughs> let everybody know that we need to improve. Uh, Mike, just real quick, uh, toss out your grade for Justin Fields. I want to hear how you've kind of ingested uh, his rookie season thus far. Incomplete. Incomplete for me. Um, you know, Dave, once again, you mentioned it that like, I, I don't care about the mistakes. I don't care about the interceptions because you need, you need the, you need, yeah, you need the reps and you're going to make mistakes. But the idea of competent coaching to kind of carry that along, that's what scares me. Cause once you develop bad habits in the NFL as a quarterback, you're never going to get rid of them, at least not in most cases. Um, so that's what I'm really worried about that he doesn't have the organizational support to kind of get him through these rough patches. He doesn't have the coaching support to get through these rough patches in order to succeed. Cause yeah, the interceptions, the picks, the, you know, the holding the ball too long, that, you know, that's going to happen. That happens to even, you know, uh, the greatest quarterback. So I don't, I don't mind that. So I just hope he doesn't listen, the Chicago bears 
haven't had this is crazy the chicago bears haven't had an all pro quarterback since world war ii you know don't get <laughs> confused with the pro bowl right because the pro bowl i mean mitch Trubisky made the pro bowl so that you know that counts for nothing but as an all pro quarterback it hasn't happened since world war ii guys sid luckman so we have history against us and you know, part of that is, I, I don't know, like, it's kind of that thing where like, just by happenstance, you think we would develop a great quarterback, even if it's just, you know, just raw, random luck. So this guy has all the tools. He has everything that you'd ask for in the makeup. And right now it looks like he also has the mental makeup. But again, I'm going to, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but if he doesn't have the coaching to bring him along, he's going to flounder. He's going to flounder. So incomplete let's see who they bring in because again is is a new coach that comes in next year does that mean we have to give you know fields like another year's reprieve because then obviously he's got to learn a new system go through that whole process again or does he have the makeup to kind of make that adjustment quickly but yeah i think whoever comes in next year hopefully somebody comes in next year um that'll be key yeah look i think we're all on the same page with this where it sounds like we're all cautiously optimistic right and i'm gonna say right now that going into the next year no matter who the coach is or whatever it is i think we're gonna still see some some probably shaky moments from justin fields and dave man i'm with you on all that stuff and i'm a huge 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 justin fields fan like intangibles and physical traits and some of the throws and honestly like just the mental makeup of you know he throws that pick six and comes right back down, and I know Demir Bird took it to the house, but they scored a touchdown, right? And that was a blitz read that he did, and he found the guy. The one that I've been really struggling with, and I do I do eventually want to talk to Corey Wooten about it on Believing Bears and get his take on it, is you guys have both brought them up, is that there's the thing of a quarterback, rookie quarterback, usually holds the ball for too long, right? And those are the two knocks on fields is that his throwing motion is a little loopy, and then he holds on to the ball too long. And everyone goes, that's something that rookies do. I completely agree with that. But I think, though, it is fair to say he still needs to conquer that. Because isn't that what makes the quarterbacks from the good to the Pro Bowl to the great are conquering that holding the ball thing of making the decisions? And it's still something that he needs to work through. And I just can't honestly confidently say that he's automatically just going to figure that out right because i even think dave like you can speak to this like i think even a guy like cam newton when he was winning mvps and taking his team to the super bowl i don't think he was always processing his receivers exactly i think the way that he needed to and i think there's some guys that you know there's also guys like you know like a big ben early on in his career would get knocked and hold on the ball too long trying to make a play I just think that there's that gap a little bit that he still needs to conquer. Do I think he's smart enough to do it? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to work hard enough to do it? Totally. Physical traits? Yeah, absolutely. But we've seen some of that stuff a little bit that can just kind of make you be like, all right, well, let's see what happens and see if he can work through it. Because, yeah, the holding the ball and the processing thing is something that he's definitely going through right now. But you have to conquer that or you're never going to be the franchise quarterback, right? I mean, Dave, hop in. Yeah, I I, I think there's two components. To that. I definitely think – there's definitely a uh, uh, part of that is on Justin Fields and something he's got to work out. How many, how many consecutive games has Justin Fields started? Like how many like through the week practices has he gotten total? Just think of any job, any, any field that, 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 that requires that much mental uh, physical component where you can't get in any kind of rhythm. You know what I mean? Not to mention our O-line's a mess and a part of that is play calling, Joe. You know what I mean? If I have a rookie quarterback, 
I'm running quick slants. I'm, I'm getting it out of his hand. I'm getting into Montgomery on screens. Like if he has trouble holding on to the ball, you don't call plays that require the play to develop over seconds, seven seconds, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we were seeing. And, and, and stuff like that, that's just like, we're not even giving this guy a chance. You know what I mean? Like it really does remind me of Tua where it was just like, this guy just couldn't catch a break. He got pulled. He started, he couldn't pull. And it's just like, it, it, it took a full off season. And now we're starting to see shades of the guy that we, we, we knew who he was, you know, like, yeah. People- and, and how funny is it real quick that like the bears this season have struggled to get Allen Robinson open. Cause he's a different type of player, but Tua has a guy like Jalen Waddle. And now it's just like, get the ball in Jalen Waddle's hands and we'll make you look good and we'll make your life easier. And we'll do this, that, and everything else. And I'm curious to see, not saying that they need a Jalen Waddle like type player, but you're right though. Like maybe some of the components in the offense with this bears offense specifically right now, definitely need to be adjusted to help make Justin Fields job easier make maybe make some of those decisions move along a little bit uh, we got just a little time left we're going to hit our naughty list and then we're going to do a rapid fire here on our way out here on our christmas superlatives pod here on bet on chicago so we're going to do a pick three here dave you're going to go first give us your naughty list for chicago sports in 2021 i'm sticking with the bears so the top of that list got to be mad Nagy. right underneath him's got to be pace and just going to throw him on the list, Andy Dalton. Because oh, I was say, if you put Virginia on there, <laughs> don't you dare. She is a saint. I'm going to put, I'm going to put Andy Dalton on there. Uh, because yeah, he's the, he's, he's the not, hottest hot boy of gold coast right now. He's not making any other lists. You know what I mean? <laughs> he ain't. So that was nice of you. You're like, put the Valentine card for the one kid who didn't get a Valentine card in his box yeah. in the classroom. That's Andy Dalton to a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, Mike, uh, your naughty list. Give me your three. We're, we're going to start really light and get heavy, Joey. Um, we're going to start with Mark Jean Greco. Mr. Ooh. Mark Jean Greco. I want to, I, I do want to hear a little bit more about that. I know he got in the crosshairs on some yes, stuff. Yes. Yes. Um, Jed Hoyer, uh, just totally also on apart. my list. Yeah. Also just on my ripped list. apart, uh, the Shame. North side team there. And then uh, this is a serious one, and we, I don't want to make this too heavy so we don't have to necessarily get into details, but unfortunately, the entire Chicago Blackhawks franchise. Yes. I have uh, I have Jeremy Carlton on there. Uh, I was trying to keep it on the ice. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, Mike, I do want to have you have one comment on it, though. Um, just how does it – I don't want to have the conversation about how does it affect yeah, how you yeah. look at the cup teams – um, but you know, I mean, I'm I'm drastically affected by this as a Blackhawks fan moving forward. Where where are you on that? And is there something? I mean, I I don't even know if there is something tangible right now that needs to be shown to me that's going to bring me back into the fold. I think it's just going to be time, consistency, and sticking to their word about making sure that they never let something like that ever happen again, and work with the NHL to make sure something like that never happens again. Yeah. Yeah, man, again, let's let's keep this as light as possible. But just real quick, you know, we talked about up at top and we talked about Scottie Pippen and legacy. This this does kind of tarnish the legacy of those championship teams. I mean, if it is true by all accounts that, you know, players knew, coaches knew, everyone knew. And in one case where Joe Quinville actually said, let's not do anything right now because this is going to ruin our momentum in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's a huge indictment on not only the team, but people's characters, man. And uh, I, that you, you can't forgive that. I can forgive things that happen on the field, mishaps, coaching decisions, uh, poor play. But you 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 can't forgive character or lack thereof. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. And um, it's such a complicated issue. And my only hope is that the Chicago Blackhawks, because they are such a well-known franchise, can become advocates and faces um, for change and you know, bringing not only just this issue to light, but trying to help other communities that maybe deal with this type of thing and um, and try and root it out, right? And I just think consistency in time is maybe the only way that's going to have them sort of maybe change some minds right now. Even even though those employees are no longer with the franchise and the organization, I think they still have a lot of work to do too as well. I want to throw out there on the naughty list just to, uh, to kindly, if I may shift topics, um, I have the entire White Sox starting playoff staff. The entire <laughs> rotation is on the naughty list. I can probably confidently say that neither of the three of us saw that happening right now. Um, Dave, just you know, your quick comment on, let's just say the White Sox don't do anything to that rotation heading into next year. Are you a guy that kind of believes, you know, this is a, a pitching rotation that can have that chip on the shoulder and bounce back? and, you know, kind of prove some of the doubters wrong for how terribly they pitched against the Astros? Or are you a guy that still thinks they might be a dollar short if they really want to win the World Series? Yeah, I, I think we need another component. I think I, I, I'll i be interested to see what we do. But, yeah, I would go with the latter on that one, Joe. Uh, you know, I, I want to give them a pass. I really do. Um, uh, but to be a world series team you can't choke on the big stage you know and it seemed like our entire rotation did uh so that's that's worrisome that's worrisome yeah they walked something like 14 guys in like 11 innings or something like that and that's 11 innings combined for an entire rotation and they played what i think four games so that's about three innings per start uh mike hop in on this issue uh you know bounce back possibility or are they still a dollar short well, talking about bouncing back, um, we're going to find out real quickly next year if our ace, Lucas Giolito, is a man of substance. And by substance, I mean substance on the ball. Because as soon as they started cracking down on that, he was His one RPM of the... Dipped, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Spin rate was one of the biggest drops in the entire league. So... We'll find out if that unfortunately was part of his success these last couple of years, because I, I will say it might just be coincidence, but as soon as they really made that crackdown is when his performance started dipping. So um, yeah, we'll just see if it was kind of a, a tail off situation for that rotation or if, you know, larger things were at play, hopefully not, hopefully not. But um, yeah, that pitching staff definitely has uh, uh, some redemption, hopefully coming ahead of them next season. Yeah, I'm a little worried about it, to be honest with you. Uh, I was kind of really hoping that if they made one move in the offseason, it would be to break the bank and get a Max Scherzer. I mean, you know, the fact that they said no to giving him, what, 40 to $45 million a year, I don't know how mad I can get at that, per se, because the Mets really broke the bank and did that. But I'm kind of looking out there. I don't really see any options out there that are going to be a huge upgrade unless they do a trade. And then you're looking at something along the lines of trading a guy like Mankata to bring back a piece and is that piece really going to be that big of a difference maker in terms of Giolito man I'm right there with you dude I mean it was two seasons ago when he had his breakout what second half and he did a really great job with his release point on his fastball and what I've kind of seen over the last season and a half is he's getting real changeup heavy uh, because I don't think he trusts that fastball and is that because of the spin rate Mike yeah. you're alluding to which is very very possible or is that in terms of a pitch mix and confidence and all this other internal stuff, it is yet to be seen. The dude definitely wants to get an extension in the offseason, so I'm kind of looking forward to that too as well. Yeah, and Jed Hoyer makes the list because 
I don't know. I'm sorry. Until someone can explain to me why getting rid of Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwerber, and Javi Baez, all of them at the same time, was such a great idea while all those dudes are still what I think make up about a third of the best remaining free agents still on the board. Not keeping any of them, not extending a single one. You couldn't pick one that you wanted to keep around. We really had to do this rebuild thing all over again after 108 years. Let's just tear it down after four years after that. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I will be really curious to see what they do. And look, like they can go out and they give Carlos Correa $4 billion for all I care about. That's still another really long contract when right now you're looking at former ex-Cubs like Rizzo and, Sch and Schwarber specifically right now who you could bring back for two or three years probably a cheaper money than you would pay for Carlos Correa in one year and then go out and still get someone else, right? And now all of a sudden you have what's called depth and flexibility instead of depending on Carlos Correa to man it down for the shortstop position the rest of the way. But that's my little Cubs rant. Uh, let's just hit these quick rapid fire before we get out of here. Um, most uh, person you most want to have uh, too much eggnog with, Dave. Oh, this was have too much eggnog with i thought it was is just probably going to have too much eggnog either one uh, i'll put it as both just we i think we can get down i'm gonna say vucevic because i just feel like he's a guy who can take down a lot um he probably probably be fun to have it with to be honest you know uh, uh nothing against the guy personally uh uh he just you just look at a guy and you go that guy he can polish a whole bowl. That guy can slam some nog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Mike, uh, person most likely to dive too deep into the eggnog. Yeah. Who, who's most likely person there? I think we're on the same wave, wavelength here because I'm going to go with the bear, Akeem Hicks. I mean, oh, yeah. talk about a guy yeah. who can <laughs> who can probably put down vast amounts of beverages and a guy that like, there's, I mean, I, I don't know this to be true, but there's nothing that doesn't convince me that he would just be the life of every party that he was at. It would just have stories, would be trash talking, would be telling you things as they are, maybe making a few jokes about your mother along the way. I mean, that's Akeem Hicks. Um, so yeah, man, that, uh, that guy is a guy it's who an insult? Can... Do you think it's an insult if you give him a tiny little mug to hold in his big hands? Or do you think he's just a pick up the vat guy and a tip, a tip and sipper? Is he, you think he's like that? I feel like we're missing a sponsorship opportunity here. You know what I mean? Like all football players have like Gatorade, Under Armour. I think Akeem Hicks should be sponsored by eggnog. I drink nog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had Tony Larusa. I I don't know oh, how to yeah. the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. If there's if if there's booze in it, Larusa's drinking it, my friend. You want to have some nog with a Hall of Famer baseball person. Uh, he is my first guy, the first guy that I definitely go to. Um, most likely to be the worst at wrapping presents. Mike, go first. Well, unfortunately for me, it's Patrick Williams because he's got a bum wrist. So just kind of getting the tape off and cutting through the wrapper and putting the corners, you know, tightly. I mean, he's going to have a tough time this year. That was a literally tough time this was, year. <laughs> he's just a mess. No, I got it. I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to cast, but I'm going to do it. Uh, Dave, most li uh, most likely to be the worst at rapping presents. Well, uh, Matt Nagy, when you hand him a gift, he fucks it up. <laughs> Every time. Uh, I'm going Craig Kimbrell. If you can't wrap up the eighth inning, you can't wrap a present. Ah. So, buzz, zing. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Trade him, trade him for somebody. 
Uh, sports athlete most likely to cry during a Christmas movie. Well, we've already talked about him earlier, but it's obviously Alex Caruso because he is probably the biggest crybaby in the league in general. So there's no doubt that like when, you know, George Bailey's ringing the little bell and saying, go get him, you, you know, Clarence, you know, he's definitely shedding a tear. He's definitely shedding a tear. Uh, that's a great point. And now I think about it, the Chicago Bulls are kind of lucky. We don't have a lot of whiners on our team. Uh, Zach, Zach does a lot of chatting, but Caruso is definitely a whiner for sure. We don't have a ton of those. Uh, Dave, um, most likely to cry during a Christmas movie. I found it. And, and this was my answer even before Mike's first answer. It's Scotty Pippen, right? We're talking about whining. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. He'll, 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 he'd complain through the whole thing, cry through the whole thing, whine about the whole thing, tell you how, you know, uh, 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 Macaulay Culkin uh, fucked him <laughs> over at some party and ruined Home Alone for you. You know, he'd find a way. Uh, yeah, I had Frank Schwindel on there just because he seems like a soft soul and he's been through a lot in life. And, mm. uh, you know, mm. now that he's on the toast of the town, he's had one of his best halves of a season ever no one wants him uh you know what i mean like no one wants him on the chicago cubs he hit 348 and no one wants him on the team i just can i see a sensitivity there and i'm reaching out to him and and, and I'm, I'm throwing that out there very last one uh this can be a combo most likely to say bah humbug slash be a scrooge on christmas dave go first i'm gonna go with <laughs> nick Foles. AKA the forgotten one. No way this dude is in the Christmas spirit right now in a year when so many teams needed a quarterback, we would not trade that dude. Here's a list of quarterbacks who started in the NFL instead of Nick Foles. You're going to think this is Halloween, not Christmas. Trevi Simeon, uh, the giraffe, Mike Lennon, Tim Boyle, Geno Smith, Mike White, and Joey, how could you forget your very own Cooper Rush? Yet Foles' phone did not ring. I mean, come it's on. Dark, it's a dark year in that $8 million house at Nick Foles', but I'm, I'm right there with I you. I think he'd also get visited by the, the, the QBs, the Super Bowl winning QBs of past, present, and future, which just is all Joe Flacco. Uh, mine for the second year in a row is Tom Ricketts. You Scrooge, uh, for the love of God, you bought an entire neighborhood and one of the greatest franchises of all time. Put a product on the field. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Mike, uh, bah humbug Scrooge of Chicago sports for 2021. Well, I'm going to keep it on the bears and talk about being forgotten. Alan Robinson. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not even in the top 100 in the league currently in receptions. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, 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 that's amazing. We're talking about a guy who is, you know, just beginning of last year was considered like an elite receiver, a top 10 type receiver, a franchise yeah. receiver. Right. And now, you know, we've got all these other people who are making contributions to the team, except Allen Robinson and Dave, you kind of nailed it earlier. Like the craziest part about is it seems like he just doesn't care anymore you know before at least in last years he would have his people put out press releases about i'm not doing this i'm not i'm sitting out here i'm waiting for this that none of that is even happening and he doesn't seem to be making you know usually we talk about the squeaky wheel right we talk about the receiver who complains 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 and then the next game they're just peppering him with targets he's not even complaining enough to be the squeaky wheel game right so that's what's disconcerting to me but yeah i mean talk about a lost season talk about just someone who's totally Bah humbug this year. I mean, it's got to be Allen Robinson in my book. Yeah, it's always going to be a mystery that the guy can catch 200 balls from Mitch Trubisky over the course of two years, and then all of a sudden they can't figure out how to get him the ball with Justin Fields. Dave, hop in. 
I'm just going to say that I knew something was amiss with this off season. I just think it really just rubbed him the wrong way. And he was out before the season started with the whole franchise tag thing with, with how we handled that situation. Maybe it was him, but he, he just looks like a guy who just mentally is not there drops. And Alan Robinson did not go in the same sentence through when he had Blake Bortles as his quarterback, anybody as his quarterback. And he has missed some sure easy catches this this year that that the old Allen Robinson would have had over anybody uh, I just think something something he, he's already checked out like he's gone and it seems like we've moved on as well and now Mooney is our clear cut clear cut number one that'll do it ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in to bet on Chicago's Christmas superlatives and awards for the 2021 season Chicago sports style I want to thank my guests so very much Dave Raspoli, a Tutty guy. Thank you so much for hopping on, man, and happy holidays. Ball humbug. <laughs> and you can follow him at California by Choice on Instagram. Mr. Mike Choi, did I get that handle right? Any other socials you want to throw? You did, you did. No, 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 that, that's it. And real quick, I, real quick for, for one of the nicest things that happened this year, I got to throw out that White Sox-Yankees uh, game at the Hall of uh, oh the Field of God. Dreams field. That was one of the oh. most amazing things that happened. I almost forgot that of, was this year. but All oh of sports, God, right? Yeah. I that mean, was just my the way favorite walked out of the field i mean that was amazing that it, was yeah. that was it's amazing december so. and it's still on my dvr because i know yeah. <laughs> if there's ever a time when i'm in a down mood or something i can watch that whole game from Leah yeah, jose abreu ripping it over the fence Eloy, tim anderson yeah. walking through the thing that's a great great call man uh yeah, mike man, happy, to not mention that yeah happy holidays man thanks for coming back on the pod good to see you, you as well guys yeah, dude. Uh, today's episode was presented by betonline.ag. You get a 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code and only promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Today's episode is also presented by Lightbox Jewelry, a great new sponsor with the Believe Podcast Network, giving you some great deals not just for the holiday season but also and beyond. Valentine's Day, not that far around the corner. Check it out. Thank you so much for checking out this pod. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other, and remember, when in doubt, always bet on Chicago. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.